And here we go, the Joe Beningo Order Pain Podcast for Monday, December 13th. We're less than two weeks away from Christmas. And of course, the Joe Beningo Order Pain Podcast brought to you by Natural Body, by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by Beach Camera, and by Anita Tire. All right, the Jets, another brutal performance as they're beaten by the New Orleans Saints 39 yesterday at MetLife Stadium. Uh, they were officially with this loss eliminated for the playoff from the playoffs. Not that you thought they were making the playoffs anyway. I mean, let's let's get real about it. You know, eleven straight years, by the way, the Jets are not in the playoffs, which ties their longest drought in history in the history of the franchise from uh, nineteen seventy through nineteen eighty. You know, I I want to talk about this before I get into breaking the game down and and, and all of that. Since 1970, since 1970, think about this. The Jets losing their 10th game yesterday. It is the 22nd time since 1970 that the Jets have not had just a lose, not just a losing season. They've had more than 22 losing seasons, but it's the 22nd time since 1970 that they've had a double digit losing season. Think about that. 22 times in 51 years. Almost half the years, they have lost in double digits 10 games or more in a season. And think about this. It encompasses every coach from 1970, which starts with Weeb Eubank, with the exception of the three years Parcells was here when they went 9-7, and 12-4, and four and 8-8, eight and eight, and the one year uh, in um, 19, uh, was it 99? Yeah, 19, oh, excuse me, 2000, not 99. Uh, the one year... 2000, that Al Groh, the great Al Groh, couldn't wait to leave for Virginia, was the coach, and they went nine and seven. Of course, they were nine and four that year, and then collapsed, losing their last three games and blowing uh, a playoff spot. So, outside of Parcells and Al Groh, every head coach the Jets have had since 1970 has had at least one 10 loss or more season. And that encompasses 14 different head coaches. Think about that. 14 different head coaches. And, of course, if you add Parcells and Grow, that means the Jets have had 16 head coaches. Think about this. 16 head coaches since 1970. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had three head coaches since 1970. Every one of them won at least one Super Bowl. Every one of them. And every one of them took them to more than one Super Bowl. Think about that. 16 head coaches since 1970 for the Jets. 14 of the 16 have had at least one season of 10 or more losses. Weeb Eubank, just I'll reel them off for you. Weeb Eubank, Charlie Winner, the immortal Lou Holtz, great college coach, just a horrific coach who lasted not even one year with the Jets. Unbelievable. So Weeb Eubank, Charlie Winner. Lou Holtz, Walt Michaels, Joe Walton, Bruce Coslett, Pete Carroll, Richie Kotite. Then you got Parcells and Grow. Then we pick up Herman Edwards, Eric Mangini, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles, Adam Gaze, and now Robert Sala. Every one of those guys has had at least one 10-plus loss season. 22 since 1970, encompassing 14 different head coaches. What a disgrace. And, and, and look, 
You all know what a disgrace this franchise is. We've been through this over and over again. But let's get let's let's cut right to the chase. We'll start with Robert Sala. Let's start with him. I said this last week. I've been saying this for weeks. What gives you any any inkling at all that this guy is going to turn it around with this franchise? Tell me what that is. Tell me what gives you any inkling at all that this is the guy, Robert Salat, to turn it around. And how about how about what he said yesterday to after the game? I love this quote by Salat. Does it suck right now? Sure. I feel you. But at the same time, the path is crystal clear on where this organization needs to go and the things we need to address. Re- well, it is. I mean, he's he's right about that. It's crystal clear. And does anybody have any, any confidence that this coach is the guy to get this franchise where it wants to go? They're a disaster. This coach stinks. He doesn't know how to handle the clock. How about the fact that at the end of the first half with the Jets driving in a 10-3 game, he absolutely, absolutely, oh my God, he he blows 30-something seconds by not calling a timeout. That play where Wilson actually was able to complete a pass to the tight end Griffin for a big first down, and instead of calling timeout, he wastes like 35 seconds. He winds up going to the locker room at halftime with a timeout in his pocket. What the hell good is that doing you? What does he think that they carry over to the second half? Unbelievable. Oh, my God. And the, and the, and the quarterback? Really? The quarterback? Are you confident about this quarterback? As he's bouncing throws, he bounces a screen pass to Barrios. He bounces a pass to a wide open Griffin uh, in the flat. He's missing open guys all over the place. Now, it didn't help that they dropped passes everywhere on him. Ty Johnson dropped three passes in in the first quarter on him, two of them that would have been easy first downs. I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, a couple of the passes were not right where they needed to be, but you still got to catch the ball. Keelan Cole had a drop. They had a ton of drops in this game. But this quarterback is showing you nothing. How about the run? And this made me crazy, too. How about that play when the, the seas open up and Wilson actually, for a change, takes off and he runs for about 20 or so yards, gets a first down, and then slides. Then he gets up and gives you the first down signal. Well, why did he slide? He had another 20, 25 yards. He might have ran for a touchdown. He had blockers in front of him. What the hell did he slide for? Why? Probably because the coaches are telling him, don't run, you know, make sure you get down. There was a play in the second half where he did the same thing. He didn't have that kind of big run, but he did the same thing. He could have ran for first down. He couldn't wait to get into the into this fetal position, into the slide position. They have no run pass options for this kid. None. There's none. None. You know, you watch all these other quarterbacks. You're watching Taysom Hill run. You're watching Josh Allen run. Even Tom Brady yesterday had three or four nice runs for the Bucs. Tom Brady's 45. This kid's got to run more. They have no, no designed runs for this quarterback. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What makes me think they got any kind of a coach in Robert Sala? What makes me think they got any kind of a quarterback in Zach Wilson? What? The only thing you could say yesterday that he didn't turn the ball over. He almost had that one interception. That's the only thing good you could say. And, of course, the Jets didn't force any turnovers either. And we'll get to the defense in a second. And here's the other thing that makes you crazy. 
if you're a Jet fan. Isn't it amazing how Mike White has basically been I, – I think what they've done with Mike White – you know what's going on in Australia right now, how it's like almost a police state with the nonsense about COVID-19? I think what they've done is they've sent Mike White to, to Australia – and he's basically in one of these concentration camps they have for people that are tested positive for COVID-19 in Australia. Maybe that's where the hell he is. They couldn't wait to get this guy. They could not. This coaching staff could not wait to bury Mike White because, God forbid, Mike White is better than Zach Wilson. And, and we talked about this over and over again. They buried him because he's not even the backup. Joe Flacco is the backup quarterback. And you know if Wilson went down in with an injury, I guarantee you they're starting Flacco. You could take that to the bank. Because they want to just bury Mike White, never to be seen again, because they're afraid he might be better than Wilson. And, man, well, that means that we had, you know, we had the second pick in the draft and we totally blew it. And that goes back to – and let's, let's, let's go right to that. This kind of segues me right into the wonderful general manager, Joe Douglas. Let's take a look. At a couple of the drafts, the, the two a couple, he's only had two drafts. The two drafts that Joe Douglas has had so far. Okay, let's start. Let's start with that. Let's talk about Makai Becton. Is this guy ever going to play again? This was their number one pick last year. Everybody was going crazy. Oh, this guy's great. He's he's Anthony Munoz. He's Art Shell. He's go. Oh, this guy's going to be a great left tackle. Yeah, great. He never plays. What he played the first half of the first game this year. We haven't seen him since. Great, great. I got a lot of confidence he's going to come back and play well. Makai Becton. And he was hurt basically all the time last year, too. All right, so that's that's our first number one pick last year. That's really looking good. How about the guy he picked in the second round? Denzel Mims. What a – what a t- – oh, oh, my God, this guy. How about the two penalties he had on the uh, last drive before halftime yesterday? The, you know, they were lucky they got a field goal out of it. How about that? He gets an illegal hands to the face in the end zone and a play that wasn't even he wasn't even involved in the play on. And then he winds up getting an illegal formation on a play where Zach was actually able to complete a pass to Barrios for about nine yards, but it's wiped out on an on an illegal formation on Denzel Mims. And then you didn't see him again for the rest of the game. And why should you? Why should you? This was the guy picked number two in a draft last year that was loaded with big time wide receivers. Sitting there with that second pick in the draft last year was Chase Claypool of the Steelers. Pretty good receiver, Chase Claypool. Had a nice game the other night against the Vikings. What did he catch, nine, ten passes in that game? He's pretty good. Just could have had him. He was sitting right there. No, 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 no. Joe Douglas knows better. He trades down, all right, and he winds up with Denzel Mims, who can't play. He stinks. He stinks. So another waste of a second-round draft choice. Then we go to the third-round pick, Ashton Davis. Oh, I, w- I was still doing radio at the time. I was still doing the radio at the time. And when I saw that they picked this guy, Ashton Davis, out of Cal, some defensive back, I went crazy. They picked a safety? They, what the hell are you picking this guy for? And he's playing all the time, you know, because there's nobody else to play right now. And he's terrible. And he stinks. And Salah was saying how he's improving, improving. Who was that guy he missed a tackle? He missed a tackle on somebody on the Saints yesterday. I forget who it was. Running down the sideline. I don't know if it was Kamara, one of the wide receivers. I forget who it was. I mean, he just totally whiffed on the tackle. Didn't even come close. That's the third-round pick from last year. And I know Bryce Hall looks pretty good. I think they took him in the fifth round. He looks all right. 
They also took the punter, who's not. He should have. I know he had a decent, decent day yesterday, punting the football, Braden man. But they, they should, Thomas Morstead was better. They should have kept him. But you know, we can't do that. No, we don't want to do that with the Jets. So there you go. So, so Joe Douglas is first draft pick, first draft class. Makai Becton hurt, never freaking plays. Denzel Mims, second round pick, disaster in a year where they had a million wide receivers, could have had Chase Claypool. They decide to trade down and take this stiff Mims. And then in the third round, you're taking this Ashton Davis, who's terrible. He stinks. He stinks. He's not making anybody forget Troy Palomalo or Ed Reed at safety, I can tell you that. Then we then we fast forward to this year's draft. Second pick in the draft, Zach Wilson. You confident about him? Are you sitting there saying, boy, I think we finally got, after all these years with this with the Jets, I think we finally got a franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson. Really? Really? Okay, so that's the first round pick. Now, I will say, this kid, Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard they drafted, the second rounder, uh, in the, the second number one pick they had last year out of USC, he looks like a player. He actually has been on the field. He's played every game. He looks good. They actually look like they have something with him. Okay, so there's one. Elijah Moore, they're picking the second round. He looks great, but he's hurt now too. I mean, it's unbelievable. Everybody gets freaking hurt. And you're not going to see him the rest of the year. You think you're going to see him the rest of the year? They say he's had only three games. He ain't playing again this year. I guarantee you we will not see Elijah Moore on the field again this year. He looks good, but, of course, he's got you know, some kind of quad injury, of course. Of course. Why, why wouldn't he? Unbelievable. It really, makes you, it makes you absolutely nuts. It makes you nuts. And then Michael Carter, the kid looks great. The running back, he's hurt too. He looks great, but he's, he's uh, well, he's hurt. Of course he's hurt. Everybody's hurt. It's a joke. And, of course, that's the excuse. Of course, the injuries are the excuse that they give for this coaching staff, giving this freaking coaching staff a pass. All these guys in the media, nobody talks about what a terrible job this coach is doing. Nah, he's a rookie coach. Ah, he's got a rookie quarterback. Ah, he's got the youngest team in the league. Ah, all the everybody's hurt. Oh my God, Carl Lawson got hurt in training camp. Corey Davis is hurt. Elijah Moore's hurt. Beckton's hurt. Everybody, you know, everybody's hurt in the league. All right, you know, everybody's hurt in the goddamn league. You know, you look at the freaking Saints yesterday. They don't have Jameis Winston. They don't have Cam Jordan. They don't have Mark Ingram. Uh, they don't have Michael Thomas. They didn't have uh, Ryan Ramchek on the offensive line. All these guys are out. The Saints are still playing football. Winning, and obviously they played the Jets yesterday, which is like, you know, my son was here. He was a big Saint fan. And he was actually concerned about this game. And I told him, bro, this is like having a second bye, except you actually get a win for this one. He was actually worried about it. The Saints rushed for 201 yards yesterday. The Saints have a guy, a quarterback in Taysom Hill, who basically is a run-first guy. They knew they are going to run the ball. They knew they were going to give the ball to Alvin Kamara, and they still rushed for over 200 yards in this game. Kamara rushed for about 120. And how about that last touchdown that Taysom Hill ran for? It looks like the defense just gave up at that point. I mean, the game was over anyway. But it looks like they just laid down and let him run down the sideline for a touchdown, didn't it? And of course, Sal at the end of the game, when Brian Costello would have post asks, asks him about it, what does he what does he say? Nah, nah, nah. We never quit. We never gave up. Sure as hell looked like it there. This franchise continue. And, and again, I said this last week, and I don't want to belabor the point. 
I don't want to keep beating that proverbial dead horse here. But I am sick and tired of the losing. Sick and tired of it. This has gone on and on and on for freaking decades. Decades. 16 different head coaches since 1970. 22 years since 1970 of double-digit losing seasons. 11 years in a row not making the playoffs. How much more can you take? How much more can you take if you're a Jet fan? Every coach they've had since 2000, every coach, actually 2001, every coach they've had in the last 20 years has had a double-digit losing season. Every damn one of them, even Rex. I, I, I don't know what to say anymore. You tell me where the hope is. Where's the hope? There's no excuses anymore. There's none. This franchise, this team has to be a legitimate playoff contender next year. There's no uh, nothing else short of that. I can't take any more, you know, two and four teams, you know, whatever this year is going to wind up. Maybe they'll win one more game. They do play the Jaguars. They'll probably lose to them too. So let's say they win one more. They go four and 13, you know? It's unbelievable. Two and 14, four and 13, five and 11, four and 12. I mean, yeah, we could go on and on. Three and 13, one and 15, on and on. You know, six and 10, on and on and on we go. I've said it a million times. You can change the stadium. I hate to keep doing this, but I have to because it's so true. You can change the stadium. You can change the owner. You can change the training facility. You can change the uniforms. You can change the players, the quarterbacks. You can change the coaches, the coaching staff. You can change the general managers. You could change the ball boys. The results remain the freaking same. I'm sick and tired of it. And we got to, and how about the fact that we still got to endure four more damn games? Four more games yet? Oh my God. Four more? Four more of these crap. Things we got to watch on a Sunday. You give them any shot against Miami? Please, give me a break. This is a layup for the Dolphins next week in Miami. They've won what now? Five in a row? It's going to be six. It's going to be six. The Dolphins will be seven and seven after the Jets next week. They do play the Jaguars. Maybe there's a shot. That should be a coaching clinic, really. The Jaguar-Jet game should be a freaking coaching clinic between Urban Meyer and Robert Sala. Oh, my God. Who's going to be gone first? Urban Meyer saying, why the hell did I, why did I go into the NFL? Who's gone first, Salah or Meyer? It's close, probably Meyer, probably, because the Jaguars will be smart enough to get rid of him, or they won't even have to because Meyer will just take off because he can't handle the NFL. I, I Really, so they played the Jaguars, so maybe, you know, and Trevor Lawrence hasn't exactly lit it up yes, either. Yesterday, he threw four picks against the Titans as the Titans whitewashed them 20 to nothing. No surprise there. So they got the Dolphins, loss. They got the Jaguars, ah, who knows. And then they finished the season with, how about this, Tampa Bay. Oh, they got a real shot in that one. I can, Brady's salivating right now, thinking I get to play the Jets again at MetLife. And then they finished with the Bills in Buffalo, where the overrated bully Bills will probably put 50 on the Jets in a game they're probably going to need to make the playoffs. So maybe maybe you give them one more win against Jacksonville. So let's say they get that. Let's be let's be nice. Let's be nice. Let's say they win that game. Four and thirteen. That, that makes you feel good, right? Four and thirteen. Oh, that's great. Four and thirteen. 
That means over the last two years, they will be six and what is it? Six and 27. How about that? It's great. Six and 27 over the last two years. I, 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 you're a Jet fan. You got to be disgusted. I mean, there's really nothing left to say. And we're stuck with these guys for another year. They got all these draft choices. That draft pick from the, from the Seahawks is getting, getting, you know, going a little farther down the line as the Seahawks have now won a couple of games in a row as they beat up the absolutely abysmal Houston Texans yesterday, 33 to 13. So they're five and eight now. So that, that draft choice is dropping, but still you got to figure it's going to be right around the 10th pick in the draft. Right now the Jets are sitting with the fourth pick in the draft. They're behind the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Texans. And they're sitting there at number four right now. So they're going to have two very high number one picks. They're going to have two second round picks, courtesy of Carolina and their own. In fact, I think it's five picks in the first 50, 57 picks in the draft next year. Joe Douglas going to hit on it. I gave you the rundown. You know, some of these guys look good, but, they, but they're all hurt. Everybody's hurt. It's unreal. Is he going to give me another stiff like Denzel Mims in the second round? Another guy like another first round pick like Becton who never plays, can't get on the field? Is that what we're going to get? Another third round pick like the absolute waste that Ashton Davis is? Are we going to pick the second overall pick in the draft for, you know, whatever it turns out won't be the second pick, but another guy like Zach Wilson who looks like he can't play in the league? I mean, let's be honest. There's been no improvement from Zach Wilson. None. There is no reason to think that Zach Wilson is the guy to get us where we want to go, that he's the quarterback we want. I want to see Mike White play, but we know we're not seeing him. Like I said, he's buried. He got sent to Australia. I mean, I it, it's unbelievable. I'm so goddamn disgusted with this franchise. What else can you say? What else, what, what else can you say here? All right. Let me get my sponsors. Let, let's talk about something positive. My sponsors, uh, we'll start with uh, Steve Calabrese and, and uh, Natural Body. You know the deal. Anyone that makes a purchase at any of the natural body stores in Ozone Park, Queens, Belmore, Long Island, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, you get a free natural body T-shirt valued at 25 bucks while supplies last. Check out Steve. You know, he does a great job there. You want to get in shape. You want your nutrition, all of that. You want to have your body sculpted. Steve's the guy to sculpt it for you. You can email Steve at naturalbodyinc.com. Steve, we thank you for everything you've done. Steve's sitting there right now salivating as his Dolphins get the Jets next week in Miami on their way to what will be their sixth consecutive win. Don't forget also Beach Camera, Christmas just less than two weeks away. This is the place to do all your Christmas shopping. If you're looking for anything in the electronic world, you can find incredible prices on stunning TVs this holiday season. Look no further than Beach Camera. They're in business for over 30 years. They offer all the top brands, LG, Samsung, Sony. Give our buddy Isaac a call at Beach Camera, 732-993-6385, 732-993-6385. Stop in at 80 Carter Drive, Edison. Let him save you some money this holiday season as well. You use code JOEB, 15 bucks off your order of $100 or more at beachcamera.com. And, of course, my good buddy Mike Jones over at uh, Hackensack Brewing Company, Mike's Raiders. Uh, another bad season as the Raiders were absolutely destroyed yesterday by the red hot Kansas city chiefs chiefs beat them 48 to nine yesterday. The chiefs are, are on a roll. Watch out, watch out. I'll make this prediction right now before I go on to uh, talk about Hackensack brewing company, the AFC champ championship game will be the chiefs and the Patriots. It's just a matter of where that game is going to be. 
And I think the Chiefs are the only team that can stop the Patriots in the AFC from getting to the Super Bowl. So I'm sorry about your team. I really am. They've had a rough year uh, with the Raiders, with the situation with Gruden, the situation with Henry Ruggs, and it's all catching up to the Raiders, who, as I said, got just, just whacked yesterday by the Chiefs. But Hackensack Brewing Company, located 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's Fairmont neighborhood. You know the deal. Always 12 beers on tap. Uh, you can check out the beer garden. You can come in. You got plenty of packaged goods to go as well. The tap room's open from 4.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 on Saturday, 12 to 8 on, sun- on Sundays. Come in, have a few. 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. And again, I got to set it up with Mike, but sometime in early January, probably the first week of the playoffs on a Saturday, we're going to do another live podcast from the Hackensack Brewing Company. And, of course, Anita Tire, my buddy Ari, my son Johnny, he's so happy. The Saints won yesterday. I told him. He walked into the house. We watched the game together. I told him, bro, he had his Drew Brees jersey on. I said, bro, don't worry. Game's in the bag. He was a little nervous, a little concerned. I said, bro, listen to me. You're playing the Jets. You don't understand. And, of course, I was right, unfortunately. But, you know, anyway. So he's all happy. But go see Johnny at Anita Tire. Go see uh, Ari. It's on Westwood Avenue in Rivervale. Any Anything you need for your car service, <clears throat> your tires, whatever you need, tell them Joe sent you. Go check out Anita Tire. All right, we got a couple of minutes left uh, before we uh, we sign off here on the Older Pain podcast for Monday, December 13th. Don't forget, we do the podcast on Friday as well. My picks, I've been red hot. Went 3-1 and one yesterday. I got the Rams tonight. And what's the number on that game again? What is it? Let me see if it changed at all as I – as I uh, fumbled through the paper, so everybody got to bear with me. Yeah, the Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Rams. I, I got the Rams tonight. If, if they win or they cover the number, I have a 4 and one week following a 5-0 and oh week. So I've been I've been pretty hot. 3-1 and one yesterday. We want to thank the Bucs for doing what they did, pulling that game out after they tried to blow the game against Buffalo. What a great game that turned out to be with the Bucs winning it in overtime on that long touchdown pass from Brady to Perriman. Remember, Perriman's the guy with the Jets had last year. And there he is playing for the Bucs, running down the sideline, 60 yards for the game-winning touchdown from Brady. Of course, of course. There's Jets, there's ex-Jets all over the league uh, playing well for whatever team they're on, like the Mario Davis, of course, and with the Saints. What, please, I don't, I don't want to get into all of that. I, I, it just it makes me crazy. It really does. It really makes me absolutely crazy. But I've been hot, and we'll see if we can continue that tonight. Uh, with the Rams, you know, one thing before I sign off, I want to continue this. All right. I guess the Mets, I, I, I got to bring the Mets up. I guess the Mets have now narrowed, narrowed their managerial search down to three guys. Obviously, Buck Showalter, uh, what's his name? Joe Espada and some guy, what's his name? Matt Quatero, I guess. I never heard of this guy, whoever he is. Can we cut the crap already and just hire Buck? Really? I mean, give me a break. I mean, enough. Enough of these stretch managers that don't work out. Luis Rojas, Mickey Calloway. It's time to have a real damn manager in here. You got a team that's a, a win-now team. Max Scherzer's on the team now. He wants Showalter. Scherzer's here, says, give me Showalter. What the hell are they waiting for, okay? Do you really have to interview Showalter again? Does he have to sit down with Steve Cohen? Are these other two guys really, really, really in the mix for this managerial job? I mean, it makes no sense to me. 
This is a team that's got to win now. The Mets are here to win now. You got Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom at the top of your rotation. You are a win-now team. All right? It's not about three years down the road. It's not about, you know, next. it's about now. It's about this year. It's about 2022. That's what it's about. Buck Walt is the guy. We know what he did with the Yankees. We know what he did with Arizona. We know what he did with the Rangers. We know what he did with the Orioles. Can we cut the crap? Can we stop playing games? And can we freaking hire Showalter? You know, the longer it goes that I hear he's the front runner, this always makes me crazy. The longer it goes that I hear he's the front runner and he doesn't get the job, the longer, the more concerned I am that he's not going to get the job, that they're going to try to be cute. You know, enough being cute. Cute doesn't work. Hire Buck freaking Showalter. Steve Cohen, Billy Epler, what the hell are you waiting for? All right. want to thank everybody for listening. I appreciate it. want to thank again all my sponsors, Natural Body, Hackensack Brewery Company, Beach Camera, and Anita Tire. Everybody have a, 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 great, uh, a great week. Uh, continue to enjoy the holiday season. Do your shopping, whatever you got to do. Don't forget, love the Rams tonight, getting two and a half in Arizona against the Cardinals. Big game for both teams, huge game for the Rams. And hopefully I get that tonight and I'll have another solid four-in-one week. So, everybody, enjoy the football tonight. Enjoy your week. I'll talk to you on Friday. The Joe Beningo Ode to Pain podcast. All the love, everybody.